Daryl Wong. Nick Nocera, how you doing? I'm pretty good, man. What are we doing right now? Uh, we're recording No One Likes the Tuna podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. What? That's it. That's How us. could that be true? No one uh, could devise such a concept for a podcast as this. <laughs> Two men joined in destiny to forever watch one of the ten Fast and Furious movies every single week. Not fortnight. Not monthly. <laughs> every week. Mm-hmm. It's a long-standing performance art piece that yes. we've been working on since 2016. Yeah, 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. I was still in a relationship with my ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So it was 2015. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week we watched Furious 7. That's right. To wrap up our, what are we on, 21st? 21st cycle. 21st cycle. Yeah. How did you do? Pretty good. Oh. Pretty good movie. Good. Pretty good viewing. Pretty good movie. Ending on a high note here is a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Feel, I feel refreshed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I sort of watched it at work. I watched half of it yesterday on Sunday when I was, like, kind of free. And then mm-hmm. I watched the other half at work today. And um, I just, like, I think it has to do a lot more with the fact that, like, a lot of stressful stuff at work has sort of got pushed through the door. And I have a little bit of a lull. And therefore, like, my m- mood and attitudes towards, like, putting the time to a Fast and Furious movie are in a way better place now than they were a week ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I had a good watch through, and I still think this movie's good. So, excellent. Yeah, how about yourself? Uh, mine was pretty good. It was a little bit disjointed. I was fairly distracted through my viewings, but mm. I did. Um, I think late last week, or maybe through the weekend. Um, I know we talk uh, like often about, or you talk often about visual effects, mm-hmm. good ones, bad ones, and yeah. how those play into a movie. I know nothing about sort of the technical and professional side of that. Yeah. And I stumbled upon some VFX dudes on YouTube and I binged watch. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are good. So uh, this week, or earlier this week, I was I just stumbled upon the Corridor Crew guys, uh, VFX professionals who dissect uh, good, bad, and whatever VFX are out there. Mm-hmm. And um, I think... I think Seth Rogen said it in his in one of his interviews. He was like, honestly, it gives you some of the vocabulary to talk about what yeah, you're seeing totally, on screen. Right? That yeah, totally, That you just, yeah, like, I could, obviously I've watched this movie almost 21 times. Less than 21 times I've watched this particular movie. Yeah, but this movie came out pretty soon. I feel like it was an early edition. I feel mm-hmm. like our, this movie came out in 2015. Like April. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's how we timed the podcast. We're like, we got to start this now. Yeah, so we've yeah. watched it maybe 20 times, but yeah. not not that much less than the cycles, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, some of my takeaways are, like, when I, what I'm look, as far as what I'm looking for, 
I just cracked up at the idea that we watched this movie 20 times. That's, That's right. crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So, I uh, like, yeah, I think, like, they, I, yeah, what's most entertaining about their content is when they do the deep fake stuff and they're just like yeah oh, that's it's a mask right and i right I, I imagine that's i think that's how they did most of the paul walker stuff no no i thought they had his i thought they had his brother acting and they were putting they did but there's a difference between what we and a lot some of this i've learned from my our buddy max who does uh computer programming and like does sort of a dabbled with the deep fake stuff and mm-hmm. then like uh the quarter crew guys are a great resource like those guys really are good and that show those shows are good and i would definitely recommend people watch those youtube videos if they want to get like a, a a knowledge about how vfx are like technically made mm-hmm. um but um deep fake basically takes say i have a thousand pictures of Daryl. Mm-hmm. I could run like a computer algorithm to like average out those pictures of Daryl so that I could like make Daryl's face say whatever I wanted it to sort of, or move however I wanted it to move. It's like using a compositing of like a bajillion Daryl pictures. Mm-hmm. Is this. Is, did you watch – did they comment on Paul Walker's thing? Like, did you watch a thing specifically? No. So not for this one. They may have at some point, but I didn't actually watch that. Yeah, I haven't – I don't remember. But my understanding of the Paul Walker thing is, like, his brother was brought in to sort of be a body double. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they have a three-dimensional model – of Paul Walker's whole face and head. Mm-hmm. And they basically composited that, like animated that model mm. very tediously and specifically, mm-hmm. and then put composited that animation on top of the film, mm. which is a sort of different... Te- that's sort of more how the old school... I mean, not that, that like, every, everybody still does that, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, except for the fact that and they may have done this some on Furious 7 too. They may have used some facial motion capture, mm-hmm. which is like reference points on Paul Walker's brother's face, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they did do this. Where when he moves his face, those reference points line up to reference points in the three-dimensional model. And so some of the animation is taken care of automatically. Mm-hmm. They can sort of take the animation track from the reference points and throw it onto the model and the model will move of all, according to the like the reference data that the facial capture got. Mm-hmm. Still very different than deep fake, which yeah. is like basically algorithmically creating a face, you know, mm-hmm. um, out of a composite of pictures essentially in different lighting conditions. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure they did Paul like that, but I you know, I'm not hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, and maybe that's the difference between if they did it now, if they did it again now, what is yeah. the difference in the realism and the and how dynamically the face can move? Because, yeah, I mean, there another thing that sort of they sort of highlight is like the lighting is all funny sometimes, yeah. 
right? And that's those are the, usually the clear giveaways um, that show like whether a real person was there, whether or not there was artistry involved in putting a face onto a body. And, and the the one thing I think about a lot when I watch this movie is like. Even with my now knowledge, like from watching the corridor guys or like just being in the industry and understanding visual effects in a way I didn't when we started watching this movie, mm-hmm. I still think Paul's face looks great. I think they did a really, really good job. And I would say, like, if they did it today, you know, I, my fear would be it would be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And that has nothing to do with visual effects artists or, like, where the industry has gone or, like, what people are capable of. It has everything to do with pipeline for, Mm -hmm. like, how movies, how the movie pipeline, like, works and just, like, the time that people are given to accomplish certain feats of visual engineering. Mm -hmm. And it gets shorter and shorter every day. And it's really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think that applies to this movie as well, right? Mm-hmm. There are certainly sequences where, like, that's that's the real thing right there, and maybe yeah. that's where the budget went. But it's it's one of those things. Like every time you see Paul, it's like somebody else. Yeah, somebody else. Maybe they worked on it this week. Maybe this is a month right. later. And yeah, you also shop these things out to like three different visual effects studios, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you have a visual effects coordinator whose job it is, or supervisor whose job it is to make sure everything looks cohesive. But, like, wet is touching it, like, these couple of shots, and then that stuff is going over to somebody else. Or, like, you know, based on who's available at what visual effects house when, the shots you need for your movie may get split up between three or four different visual effects vendors, Mm -hmm. essentially. So... That can be hard to sort of make, you know, connective as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um. I mean, it sounds like you had a good watch through. I, I, I had a pretty good one. I've I've decided to stop sort of like taking nitpicky notes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long that's gonna last, but it's it's one of the things we do, and I think it's one of the things we do the worst. Mm-hmm. I want to focus on things like maybe we haven't talked about before that are like holes in our podcasting repertoire. Like for Furious 7, I watched this movie and I was like, we've talked Statham, we've talked Paul Walker, we've talked Vin Diesel, we've talked Michelle, we've talked Iggy Azalea for God's sake. (laughs) We haven't really talked about Tony Ja in this movie. Hmm. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. A, like, in my mind, really good addition to this movie. <laughs> and um, Tony Jaw, I was just sort of looking. I don't know much. Do you know much about Tony Jaw? I just know Tony Jaw. He, is he Thai? Yeah. Like, I know him from Ong Bak. And I think, right. uh, yeah, like early in my, like, late teens, early 20s, I was like, I need to watch action movies and i was right. like i gotta watch these song box i gotta watch all the it mans i was into just whatever had the best fight sequences explosions combat scenarios i was <laughs> how like how old were you 20 this is like yeah my like yeah. late teens early 20s i was like yeah let's go for it let's see what that's all about so um yeah i mean that's what i know about it he's a mixed martial arts person actor yeah. and does incredible 
uh, yeah, physical combat on screen. Yeah, I mean, all that and more, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I have never seen the on box, the on, on box. Uh, mm-hmm. There's three of them, I believe, and he directed two and three. Mm-hmm. So I know that. Um, but I'd never, I've never seen them. I still haven't seen them before. Are they good? Oh, yeah. They're yeah, really good. good. Yeah. They're, um, like, they're often compared, yeah, to the It Man's or what's another one? Um, it Man is not one I've seen before either. Yo, you got to watch these movies. I know. I'm, I'm like, this is a real, a real low point in my filmography is like the foreign action mm-hmm. movie thing. Yeah, it's sort of if you think it's um, if you think about the John Wick movies and the continuous action and how the choreography is really the thing that you're paying attention to. Yeah, like Ong Bak is one of those. There is a little bit of yeah. a dramatic story to it, but yeah. just the way that they're staged and how in sync everybody is, but it seems it gives the impression that they're taking like 100% swings, kicks, flips at each other. Like that's when. That's when a um, like a martial arts movie really looks the best. Yeah, I mean, I've always sort of viewed. I don't know. I mean, I've never seen them. So, like, I used to watch like '80s Jackie Chan stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like coming out of that, like coming out of that world. I sort of saw these as like the successors to that kind of thing, um, which maybe is small minded or whatever. But like. Um, I just never picked them up. I think I like was, 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 yeah, I just was not in a, like around 2003, it just like didn't cross my radar when I was like 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And by the time it did cross my radar, which was way later, I just, I, I don't, I don't know why, but I just like wasn't in the, I should go back and see them. Yeah. They're fun. Yeah. They're fun watches. And um, yeah, I mean Jackie Chan's Jackie Chan. He is right. He's the martial arts, the choreographer, also the film. Yeah, the director producer of right. That's many sort of, of what I was alluding to. Of like you know, like somebody's like vision of this thing, and like them doing it, and the stunts feel real, and the, you know, it's like the the guys are in it, fucking doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think of Tony Jaa in this movie? Love Do you think him. yeah. I think Love, the I yeah. think the in like the in van mm-hmm. uh combat like if I'm awesome it is awesome but I I do remember from previous watch throughs like the sound doesn't line up and that to right. me is something that's really amateur like for the how big this budget is and knowing mm-hmm. that Tony Jaw comes from a um just like a like a film uh right. background not unlike Jackie Chan and otherwise of people who like this is their craft. Like you want those hits to line up. Like, yeah, but the other thing I think about in that is like you're working with an amateur, right? Like I would imagine again, haven't seen him, but in the Ong box, like Tony Jaw is fighting against like Tony Jaw too, who's like you know what I mean? Like who's also spent his whole fucking life like mm-hmm. doing martial arts training, and these guys can just like fucking riff off of each other. Yeah, and I do know like. Hong Kong style, and I know they shot some Ong Bak stuff in Hong Kong and, like, Thailand and stuff. And that style of, like, shooting a lot of times with stunts is, like, you show up in the morning, you fucking choreograph your fight in, like, an hour, mm-hmm. and then you just fucking do it. So cool. You know? It's, like, <laughs> rad. <laughs> Amazing shit. But I imagine if you're working with Paul Walker or even <clears throat> Paul Walker's 
brother, uh-huh. right? Like who doesn't, or like maybe it's a stunt guy, you know, and they're going to composite his face on the stunt guy at that point. Either way, like, I just think you're not working with somebody who can like fuck with you on that level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at a mm-hmm. point. I don't mean to put it so crudely, but you know what I mean? Yeah. What I do really like about Tony Jaw is like, it's a villain. It's a secondary villain. Give me this secondary villain who, like, bounces in a couple times of the move. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A secondary villain for the secondary hero to fight a few times <laughs> and, like, win a battle again. I uh-huh. love that shit. I love that shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Uh, I mean, Mose is there. He doesn't do very much, though. No. He wears scary sunglasses and hangs yeah. out in a helicopter and screams. Like, Tony Jaa is there, yeah, creating action, participating yeah. in it. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's like a good dynamic. It's like you you get it right away. You're like, oh, bad. This dude's bad. He does martial arts, and that's going to be a trouble for our cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they I should do that in a few more movies of like not just martial arts, but like have some sort of secondary bad guy hurdle that they got to get over. You mm-hmm. know, gives them a spot of trouble. Yeah, I'm into that. I think like there we do have the scene where they're running through what is it the sewing factory, and you know that's a that's a very typical setting for a um, like a kung fu chase. Of some sort, right. just because you can jump over, you can do the stairs, like so you can do all that. It would be fun to see. Uh, I mean, I guess that's also not brand new, but like to see fighting in around cars. They do that though, I guess. In these movies, yeah, yeah, they do it. I wish they would like maybe like kung fu out the window a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> car to car. <laughs> you get the you get the Hobbs punched through the window, grab the guy on a motorcycle. Yeah, that one, is, and that's kind of the best part of that movie, mm-hmm. right? Hobbs and Shaw. So, um, yeah. Well, I I just think like that was my sort of big thing this week. I was like, Tony Jaw in this movie is underappreciated. Clearly, Vin liked him. I don't know if Vin brought him in. It would mm-hmm. make sense to me if he did. Uh, but he clearly liked him afterwards because he put him in Triple X Return of Xander Cage also, right? Nice, nice. So, so yeah, I mean, I think our point here is that, like, Tony Jaw, pretty skilled fighter. Mm-hmm. Even um, even Jason Statham, way more skilled than Vin Diesel. So it's really, it's Paul Walker or essence of Paul Walker and Vin Diesel that are dragging down these kung fu scenes. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if Statham is that much more skilled than fucking Paul Walker. We'll see. I mean, we got some transporter, the transporter that we need to watch. Yeah, we're supposed to watch those movies. Fuck, we got to watch those movies. Mm -hmm. All right, we should do one this week. Uh, I'm down, but next week. I'm kind of busy this week, but in a quarter. You heard it here first, folks. Next week. Some fresh one. Yeah, some fresh Patreon content. I've never been into Statham. I'm just putting it out there right away. Mm-hmm. Pre us doing the Statham movies on the Patreon, I've never been Statham. <laughs> um, what do you got for this week? Do you want? To, do you have anything you want to talk about? Mm. Those were my main, that, my main one. Was I watched some corridor stuff? Yeah. Um, what did you think? I'm sure you saw the. I think somebody did an interview with Jeremy Lin, and he was saying, "Look, like, Justin Lin. Sorry, Justin Lin. Yeah." Um, and he was like, look, like, 
The only reason I brought Han back was because we got a lot of nasty comments and the audience was upset. Yeah. And it because it didn't make sense. Why is Deckard Shaw showing up to the barbecue in Fate of the Furious yeah. after after all this? And I you think left, the way, dog. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I think how I that, feel about that, but that statement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. You can finish. You can finish. You know. Yeah. So I think after reading all that, um, Justin Lin just called the producers of Fast Eight. He was like, "Hey." We pay people to do this continuity stuff. What mm. the hell happened here? Mm. And everybody was like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. And he was like, all right, well, now I have to clean up this mess. Now I got to bring Han back, which is fun, but didn't have to happen. I was satisfied. It would have been totally fine. I set it up. Han was dead, been dead, but you guys blew it. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I get why he's saying that. We're not in a position to be critical of Justin Lin, obviously. Uh, but, like, you left, dog. Like, you know, you handed the reins to this thing over to other people, which I think was gracious and good of you. I don't mm-hmm. think that was a bad move, you know? Like, uh, the James Wan one especially, I think is really good. Like, this one, Furious 7, is good. And F. Gary Gray, like, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Fate of the Furious, but, like, he's a good director, and like has done really good stuff. Like it made, it's it's a thing that made sense. Is all I'm trying to say. Like, mm-hmm. and I know that like Chris Morgan and like the other writers are sort of. But like, what do you expect them to do other than like try to cash in? Mm-hmm. And like, if you're not there as like the consistent creative force, then they're gonna do whatever they want, and that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with you. So to me, it's like. Don't like cry me a fucking river when you come back and you're like, you guys fucked this all up. <laughs> you know? It's like, okay. Yeah. Ship doesn't sail itself, okay? We had to take right. it somewhere. We went with what we had. Yeah. They went with what they had or what they, you know, and they were like, yeah, Statham, he's, he's good. <laughs> he's cool. We like Let's him. Bring him in. Let's bring him to the barbecue. You know? So I'm definitely like, I'm glad Justin's back. Mm-hmm. I don't think they needed to bring Han back even in this one, in mm-hmm. 9. I don't think like Han adds a lot to the table in 9. Do you? Uh, no. What's Han bringing to the barbecue in 9? You know what I mean? Like the <laughs> metaphorical bring, barbecue. He brings nine. his own personal size bag of chips, doesn't share it with anybody. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> Um, for a man who eats chips all day every day, he eats them out of some small bag. Like where are you? Gonna, where does he keep them all? Throw them in the trunk. He's got the uh, yeah the classroom <laughs> size like, ninety nine cent pack. Just like a cornucopia of Lay's. Like you remember when like once in a, once in like every three years, mom would buy like the lay the frito lays like variety pack oh yeah comes with like 50 bags of chips or something <laughs> he's got like three of those in his trunk at all time anyway we weren't going to nitpick mm-hmm. uh yeah but but uh, you know i don't think like han's consequence on the story of f9 is like nothing he like yeah. introduces the girl who is the site, you know, the key to the Ares project. Who cares? Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, just meet her on the fucking street. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know? So, we'll talk about that when we get to F9. We're watching the director's cut next cycle, by the way. It's out now. Yeah, I'm down to watch that. Yeah. Let's see what we missed out in the cinematic cut. Um, all right, well, I got a little movie review to talk about, and then we could do some shout-outs. All right, what did you watch this week? I went to a movie called The Card Counter. Ooh. Starring Oscar Isaac and Tiffany Haddish. Oh, I like her. I like her, too. And I liked her in this movie. Spoiler alert. Is, this a, is it a comedy? It is not a comedy. Oh. Uh, it is a movie directed by Paul Schrader, um, who may some of our fans may be familiar with. I am a Schrader head, kind of. <laughs> He's a guy who wrote he wrote ta- uh, Taxi Driver, which was directed by Martin Scorsese. He also wrote Raging Bull, which was also directed by Martin Scorsese, and has since directed a bunch of movies over the years um, that on his own, some of which are better than others. Affliction, I believe, is a particularly good movie starring Mm. Nick Nolte. Um, He made a kind of a splash like three years ago with a movie called First Reformed that had Ethan Hawke in it. Okay. Uh, And now this is his new movie about a card counter who who makes his living subsisting off low-stakes blackjack casinos. Mm-hmm. Until a young man arrives with an opportunity that beckons from his past, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody. However, here's what I'll say: good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what, like, how they have made poker and like blackjack movies. Yeah, yeah, how they've made those movies so exciting. Like, I don't know if I've watched a card movie that I didn't enjoy. Even, like, the card scene in Casino Royale, you're like, oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) Let's do it. I will say the card stuff in this movie is, like, the tenth thing I give a shit about. Mm -hmm. It... This movie is wild. I mean, Schrader is a guy who has a history of, like, doing some wild-ass shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I, as many of our listeners know, am a huge fan of. Uh, he made a movie like ten years ago with Lindsay Lohan on her like decline, on her serious decline, and like a porn star, like a male porn star, were the two stars <laughs> of his movie. He was like, "Yeah, let's fucking do it," you know, like whatever. Nice. <laughs> and uh, this movie, he's like, I just appreciate all the. Weird choices it makes. I, I don't want to talk about too many of them because I don't want to sto- spoil it. Um, but like, especially casting Tiffany Haddish, who I think is kind of good in the movie, even though she's a little unpracticed, if that makes sense. Hmm. Uh, but I, I love and like he's like, yeah, Tiffany, come be in my fucking movie. It's great, you know. Mm. Like I know you're a crazy, com- huge comedy star. And you've just done comedy, but, like, let's be in this serious movie where you're, like, the romantic interest. Yes. Wow. Nice. Great idea, Paul. Um, you know, and, like, I see some complaints floating around about, like, stilted dialogue, which this movie definitely has. 
What does that mean? Like almost unrealistic mm. dialogue, like unnatural, you know? You can sort of hear the script when people are saying the words a little mm. bit. Doesn't bother me. I find writing to be like as varied as everything else in movies. And if like, I think M. Night Shyamalan is a good example of this, where like the man does not write natural dialogue. Like he just fucking doesn't. Mm-hmm. And especially his last movie, Old, which I thought was pretty good. The dialogue is like weird. It has like a weird affectation to it. Mm. But what it does do is like it's efficient. It gets you like where you need to be in the movie for that movie to scare the shit out of you. Right? And like for me, the Schrader dialogue stuff in this movie is the same deal where it's like it just gets me where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And it like let the actors like do what they need to do emotionally to be where they need to be for the scene. I'm I don't believe like the tent of movie writing needs so is that is such that like all the dialogue needs to feel like it's perfectly natural and like mm-hmm. realistic. I'm not into that. Anyway, this movie's good. It's weird. You should go see it. You should go see it in movie theater. It's fucking great. Yeah. It's making the top 10 would be my Ooh, guess. List. Wow. Yeah. I don't know where it's going to sit, but it's in there. So. It's coming up. Okay. Let's do some shout outs. Some shout outs. Darwin, what do you want to shout out to this one? Um, did you get an iPhone 13? Yeah, I did get an iPhone 13. I did too. Oh, <laughs> so I'm a mini guy. I'm not sure what size you end up. Yo, in. I was lusting after the mini. I will yeah. say, yeah. I went, I went mini white 256 jiggy bite. This thing rolls. Yeah, it's looking good. Yeah, I'm coming from iPhone seven, and yeah, I'm in a, a real jump. good place. Yeah, that's a jump. So I'm um, coming from a little higher up on the scale, but it's still a jump for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Screen is great. Very mm. responsive. Mm. I mean, it sounds like this face um, face ID thing. I maybe I'm not supposed to use be using for data privacy purposes, you're but oh, I feel like you're good. Oh, like it rules. Oh, it's so nice. It's so nice. I don't have to press a button. My screen, my phone's just open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. So setup was kind of a breeze. I didn't. I had less problems than I thought moving over all my crap and. Yeah. They really got it down. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a good time. I will say I had one problem. Not with the phone itself. Phone itself has been good. But I didn't do a pre-order. Mm. And I went, I like scoped it out on Friday. Uh, I was like, yeah. uh, it's probably not going to happen. But on Saturday morning, I was like, I'm going to get one of these. And I just went on the Apple Store app. And they were like, hey, we can deliver one to you in two hours. I was like, sure, let's do that. Got really excited for it. It was 9 a.m. They're like, we'll drop it off sometime between 11 and 1.30. At like 11.15, this phone showed up. Yes, amazing. Wrong phone. Oh. I spent the rest so of the sorry. day. Like, yeah, dealing like, with that. Yeah, calling them. I ultimately ended up uh, oh. going to the Williamsburg store. Had generally a nice time, but had to explain my situation like five times. I don't love so, that. Yeah. So, I yeah. pre-ordered. Picked up at the Apple Queen Center. Mm-hmm. Took five minutes. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty packed, too. And they had, like, a roped-out line for the pre-orders. They were like, right this way. Sorry. Oh, sir, welcome. 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel shitty, like, being like, yeah, we got new iPhones on this pod. But, like, I'm into it. I got the, like... I got the chunk, uh, the big one. I didn't yeah. get the big, big one, but I got the pro. Nice. Which is is a serious phone. I'm yeah. extremely into it. So, uh, and I wanted the LiDAR type situation. I want to be able to scan fucking crazy ass shit. Yeah. So, have you used it yet? The LiDAR stuff? Not once. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that and I was like. But I've had it I, in like a day. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how to use that technology. I like, I'll figure it out in five years. Yeah. I get one of those then. Cool. Well, shout out to the new iPhone mini. Yeah. It rules. I'm not ready to shout out this new iPhone pro, mm-hmm. but maybe we'll get there. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. And you're a caseless man. You go caseless. Oh, I'm, yeah. Very naked, case free, no Apple care. Insane. Yeah. Love it. Insane. It's the way Steve wanted it. <laughs> All right, my shout out this week, Daryl. A little different, but as pure in spirit as an iPhone. Mm -hmm. There's just nothing like a Chinese chicken wing. Ooh, yes. There just ain't nothing like them. (laughs) You know? I'm just so for them. I, like, I don't even know how to describe it. They're so good. Mm-hmm. And there's a place around here that makes nice big ones. Huge. 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 And like, I love that they're all one thing. I love that they give me the wingtip because I'm a wingtip kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I like crunching on it. Uh, yeah, and I can like pull it apart and I rub, throw my sauce on it. Mm. Take it down. It's delicious. Incredible. I have them all the time. Yeah, I love it. I I really believe that Asians, Chinese, like even the even like Korean or Japanese like variation of a chicken wing far exceeds any sort of American chicken wing you're looking for. 100%. Think about K- your KFC, your Popeyes, even your nice like artisanal chicken wing. Like yeah. Chinese 100%. know how to do it. No, it's not even close, bro. And yeah. and here's the other thing I'll tell you. If you look up at on if you were to hop on an, on an app like Seamless, say, uh, and look up a company called like Wingstop, mm-hmm. perchance or Buffalo Wild Wings, mm-hmm. okay, all these other fucking garbage ass wing places, you're looking at costs upwards of like a buck twenty five to a buck fifty. A wing. Mm-hmm. And a wing means either a drum or a flat, not both of them. Okay? And and I can get a four-pack of Chinese chicken wings for like five fifty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's and this, a full wing. A wing. Yeah. That's like a flat. That's wings and, and tip. That's like eight wings for five fifty. I get two two pack. I'm good. That's dinner for like yeah. ten bucks. It's crazy. Yeah. So, um, I don't understand how, like, the cost differentials for the Chinese chicken wings work out, but I'm for mm-hmm. Uh When you get into the Korean chicken wings, the banchan type of deal, you, mm-hmm. you're talking more money at that right. point. Uh, but I'm also a banchan fan. Banchan's nice. Yeah. But the Chinese, yeah, the Chinese wing, uh, I'm not sure if yours has this, but there's, they use a little bit of vinegar. And a little bit of sugar. 
and it I'm, somehow it I, gives it like I don't know it maybe has a tenderizing effect, so but it gives it that sweet and sour balance. But yeah. it's very subtle. It's not I just dump hot sauce all over them. Like yeah. those packets. Ugh. Ugh. Incredible. <laughs> Make my fingers day glow orange. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm into it. I've been eating a bunch. It's good to be back in America where they have them. Mm-hmm. They don't have that kind of stuff. They got, like, real Chinese food in in Auckland. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, I'm into it. But, like, you know. You gotta sit down with a restaurant, you know. <laughs> Put it in a styrofoam. I know they're illegal. Put it in a styrofoam. I'm gone. We won't tell I'm anybody gone. you're using no, this no. illegal. Obviously, we won't tell anybody. We'll continue to operate with styrofoam and plastic bags for the next fifty years, and nobody will call us on it. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah, I'll make sure yeah. I pull the staple out of the uh, the foam box before I eat it. <laughs> it's all good. I remember from last time. It's all good here. <laughs> So, I'm good. I'm good on that. Anyway, so I'm pretty tired at this mm-hmm. moment in my life. So, let's wrap this up. If you want to um, get in touch with us, at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T Podcast on Twitter. We are No One Likes the Tuna Podcast on Instagram. Um... No one likes to tune podcast at gmail.com, Daryl. Did if you, you want to send us an email, I'm back in. Oh, my goodness. For the time being, I'm back in. Excellent. Um, Instagram, by the way, our old friend Joe sent us a little demo of the NOS canister sort of psh, explosion. I'm back to thinking it's not possible. Uh. Anyway. We'll get into that maybe maybe in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So, what else is happening? Great to review us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, very helpful. Five stars, the better. At least shoot us up those rank. But search, inc- yeah, sorry, in- improve our search engine optimization. Yeah, by hitting that five star SEO. That's what it's all about these days. Big time. It's, it's long time fans of that. I'm kind of an <laughs> SEO head. You know? Um, oh, and patreon.com slash no one likes to tune pockets. We can't forget our beautiful patrons who have picked. We have a tie Ooh. for the in-betweener. So I sent you two movies, texted you right before this podcast aired. Those are the two movies mm-hmm. that are currently tied. And you, Daryl, as is your job now and forever, must be the Patreon tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. I love it. So, uh, between the two, we have two options here. Mm-hmm. The Lazarus Project mm-hmm. and the one that we're going to watch, Eight Below. Eight Below, baby! Oh, my God. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie, and Never I'm very it. excited for it. Never seen it. It's, it's a Disney movie about the Iditarod? Um... Yeah. Oh, Antarctic explorers. So it's not a race. They're just it's not a race. hanging out in the Arctic. It's gonna be all right. Somewhat of a tearjerker. You're gonna. Oh, love Moon it. Blood Good is in this movie. That's excited. Yeah. So eight below next week. That's gonna be a good one. All right. Look out for that next week. And uh, yeah. And then we're gonna start cycle twenty two. 
the cycle. First of all, Daryl, I want to thank you for making this the best I feel cycle experience possible. And you really did a good job. I know we lagged the last couple of weeks. I had a rough time, but really awesome. Next cycle, after we do Eight Below next week, um, we're going to watch these movies in the absolute worst possible order to watch them. So mm-hmm. look out for that. We're going to have a great time. Don't know what else to tell you. It's going to be great. Till next time. Thanks, everybody. That's a wrap on Cycle 21. <laughs>